When he was a kid, his name was Brezhnev, after the Russian president who had the same thing, one big long eyebrow. He started playing the guitar when he was eight, and he's been playing and writing songs ever since. He learned his first Beatles song, which was Ticket to Ride, when he was 11. He had lots of time on his hands because he had been grounded for six months for shoplifting. By the time he was 14, he was teaching other people how to play. Noel was engaged to a girl named Diane when he was 18. They were together for about six years before they broke up. Before he got into music full-time, Noel worked as a sign writer and as a baker. He worked in a bed factory and once made fish tanks for a living. Then he got a job with British Gas, but then somebody dropped a big pipe fitting on his foot and he was reassigned to a parts counter. He always brought his guitar to work, and when he wasn't busy, he'd be strumming away behind the counter. Noel was always going to concerts. Manchester bands were his favorite. New Order, The Fall, The Stone Roses. He was also a huge, huge fan of the Smiths. He was the kind of guy that would buy the new single the day it came out. He once managed to get Morrissey's autograph through his aunt, who worked at the same hospital as Morrissey's father. Later, when Oasis got going, he would meet and become friends with Smiths guitarist Johnny Marr. Talk about a dream come true, huh? On Noel's 21st birthday, he met the guys in the band The Inspiral Carpets at a Stone Roses James double bill. When the group began to look for a new lead singer, Noel was quick to audition. But they said his voice wasn't strong enough. But as some kind of consolation prize, they offered him the job of guitar roadie, which he took. And for the next few years, Noel Gallagher toured the world with the Inspiral Carpets, hiding his drugs in the band's road cases. After sound check, he and the carpet sound guy would mess about on stage before the gig. And that's where a few other Oasis songs were born. By the way, the Carpets also auditioned a guy named Tim Burgess and turned him down, too. But they didn't offer him a roadie gig. So he went on to form his own band, which he called The Charlatans. Liam, meanwhile, had joined up as the singer of a local band called Rain, displacing a guy named Chris Hutton, the group's original singer. Liam was a huge fan of the Stone Roses, and he was determined to be a singer like Ian Brown. Rain also included Paul Arthur, a guitarist that everybody called Bonehead, Paul Giggsy McGuigan on bass, and a drummer named Tony McCarroll. It was Liam who insisted on the name change. He wanted to call the band Oasis after seeing an Inspiral Carpets poster in Noel's bedroom advertising a gig at a local venue called the Swindon Oasis. Now disregard any other stories that you may have heard about where they got their name. The ladies' clothing store, the taxi company, the curry shop, that poster in Noel's bedroom seems to be the real answer. Oasis made their debut on August 18, 1991 at the Boardwalk, which was this tiny club on Little Peter Street in Manchester. Forty people showed up to watch, including Noel. Now, Noel had always wanted to be in his own band, and he had just been sacked by the Inspiral Carpets. All he had left was 2,000 pounds in severance pay. He was impressed by what his baby brother had done, but he thought that the band needed some work. I will join your group, he said, but you have to let me be in charge of everything. And since Noel had worked with the Carpets, a real band, everyone agreed. That's when Oasis became a five-piece. And five months later, they made their live debut with Noel. The gig that did it for Oasis was on Sunday, May 31st, 1993. Oasis sort of bullied their way on stage for a set at King Tut's Wawa Hut in Glasgow, Scotland. They sort of threatened the owner. Let us play, or we'll burn the place down, or something to that effect. By coincidence, one of the few people in the audience that night was Alan McGee of Creation Records. He was there to see one of the other bands in the bill, but he was so impressed with the boys from Manchester that he decided more or less on the spot to sign him up. 
McGee immediately started flogging an Oasis demo around the country. It was a track from an eight-song demo that had been rejected by a number of English labels. This was the famous white-label demo of Columbia. By November 1993, McGee's hype had paid off, and Oasis had a worldwide record deal. Now all they needed was an album. Oasis started recording Definitely Maybe in the early morning hours of December 17, 1993 at Pink Museum, which was a studio in Liverpool. Four days later, they were finished. And here's the true story about how they finished the lyrics for their first official single. They had the music and the melody, but the lyrics weren't working out. Finally, they needed just two more lines. But everything they came up with just didn't work. That's when the dog wandered into the studio. And I am told that this is an absolute true story. Elsa is a Rottweiler who belonged to Dave Rott, the guy who was engineering the sessions. On December the 19th, Elsa was rooting around in...